Let's kill some sacred deer, huh? Yes, we are. We're shooting down idols today, right? We're we're killing sacred right. cows. Yes. We're destroying the neologisms. Actually, I learned. I remembered a word from Ivan Illich. He calls them amoeba words. Oh, okay. Uh, or plastic words. Yeah, I also like the idea of zombie ideas. Mm. Zombie ideas, yeah. I think the idea of amoeba words and plastic words are words that just apply to everything. That you could just stretch them in whatever you, way you want. Yeah. Um, you know. But uh, but but the idea today is to talk about the, the contemporary neologisms and to have a go at them, right? Right. Yeah, because I was like uh, reading um, some piece from Peter Limburg from the store, and he was talking mm -hmm. about spiritual communities, and you know that they were trying to sell you intimacy without friendship and so all this kind of we space kind of technology which is basically the same thing because if you if you have a, a deep engagement with a friend of yours then something like a we space or a resonance space opens up immediately right and so the whole thing of a we space is it's, it's a kind of weird notion right because of because of the aspect of selling intimacy without friendship and so yeah, then I was, yeah mm -hmm. no i was just going to say that we're starting a course on september 10th with bonita roy called the convivial right. life uh, ivan Illich and friends and i think that's the whole point of the course which is very interesting i mean one of the major points of Illich's Illich's thinking well his meditation on friendship and uh and how how we create these virtual spaces of pseudo intimacy and friendship right. ev everywhere at the moment and uh he was the best critique of that you know ever as yeah. far as i can see yeah yeah great and he wrote a lot about language and a lot about words and a lot about how words and language become corrupted he even criticized when we say the word the word the world you know this he said that was the big idol when we talk about a world right uh, yeah we call that an idol you know yeah uh it's it's an icon or a religious you know signification a re the religiosity of words exactly so the idea of zombie ideas you know that i th i think it's it's the same because initially you know those labels those words point to something which is crucial and maybe sometimes very important but at at the time they get crustified and crystallized and you, crustified you yeah yeah that's and, not a word yeah i just made that up you know <laughs> okay <laughs> that's good yeah we'll use that as a new word because every and then later on after it becomes a famous yeah. word it will somebody, become a, a somebody zombie shoot, word needs to shoot me in in six months because that's the normal rate of crustification of a word right depends what kind of word yeah no no sure. but it's like at the moment at the beginning those words are vital and when they like and you know when there's this inception of of the idea the the word comes up and it points to something and then everybody uses it and at some point it loses its own vitality you know yeah. and it gets it it becomes hollow inside and and it's mm -hmm. you know and so and and i think no, that's a normal process yeah. you know and it's, sometimes you can't you do much about take, it yeah you have to take a hammer and 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 you know yeah i mean what i would i like to take a hammer to metamodernism you know but it's and easier for me that, because yes. because all of your friends are metamodernists so that's harder for you to do when we have friends so i was thinking about that as like i didn't want to you were wanting to critique or take a hammer to the meaning crisis 
And because I'm so attached to John Dravecki and he's a friend of mine, and I, I, I'm, I'm less, more reluctant to do that, but that's only for personal reasons. Right. Whereas I, I, I'm, I'm fine with smashing down metamodernism. You know, I'm, sm- right. I'm fine with, 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 with being as brutal because I don't have so much, let's say, I guess I do have a lot of connection to meta- guys who, who uh, propound that philosophy, but, but I, but I think it's more easily, for me, it's more easily to shoot down than, than the meaning crisis. Okay, so I, I completely agree what you're saying, and I see um, where you're going with this. Uh, let's let's start with some stuff that is not contentious, and let's okay. agree that that um, we're not talking about people or the initial ideas, but we're talking about crustified conceptions. Right, right. So so there might have been something really vital to the meaning crisis when it came out, and but we can see that the, this concept there's multiple ways for this concept to become corrupted um, right and it's also the same in the same with metamodernism there might have been an initial energy behind that that was kind of beautiful and then and then it becomes a, a cult basically cult of words these these become these become sort of online word cults right right so yeah. where, where do we start I, I think we should start with I mean do you want to start with your thing I could start with my thing well, you know, the one that's been on my mind the most is this this idea that um, that the that the the next Buddha will be the Sangha. Um, this is a seductive idea because it means that there's no leadership and we could all do it ourselves. And I don't believe that to be the case. Um, I believe there'll always be. The Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. If you're going to use the Buddhist terminology, which means there's right. always there's always a uh, highly realized being, and then there's the beings who 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 are the community, and then there's then there's the the let's say the the dogma or the um, or the propositions of of that particular community, and and that's something that you can't deconstruct. That it's 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 like something that's an iron law. Right. This was a word that we were talking about in my discussion with David Cayley and, and Yvonne Illich, iron laws. And the reason people want to deconstruct this idea is because they don't want to believe there's any anybody wiser or or more intelligent or or more uh you know enlightened than they are. And so and, and they don't and, and that there's also this kind of I guess Ken Wilber recalled the green mean, right? The green mean is this is this thing that you know everybody is so equal to everybody else that we don't want any kind of hierarchy of values, right. and there is a hierarchy of values because some things are better than other things, it, you know, and some people are smarter than other people in different ways. There's a certain kind of equality in that everybody has their unique you know style, but 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 I, I think we should look up and not and down at the same time as we look horizontally. Right. So, isn't so that, I, I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was thinking about there's a concept called interpassivity from the German, from an Austrian philosopher called Robert Faller, and he calls interpassivity the act where we put something, we let somebody else do um, something for us so we don't have to do it. So you have, for example, the Tibetan kind of prayer wheels that you turn. And the, the, these wheels do the praying for you. And you can have the most sexual, obscene uh, imagery in your mind, but you're still considered, you know, you, you externalized in a certain sense uh, the praying. 
the 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 wheel does the praying for you and so he uses that as an example of interpassivity and so when you have a saying like the next uh, buddha is the sangha you externalize uh, what you should do for yourself to the group yeah it looks you know? like it's some kind of like everybody has agency but it's the opposite it's like it's like the the group it, 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 the group is going to is going to do everything for us you know, right we, we're, so yeah i i think that's i think that's i think that's right and i think the catholics did kind of the same thing when they used to sell blessings like you pay for a certain kind of blessing yes yes mm. it's it's the same it's the same concept it's like it's like a get out of jail card whatever so you you can absolve yourself from from responsibility uh -huh. yeah yeah, so, and all, yeah also, absolutely yeah and it harks back also to you know this we space technologies and you know the because it's 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 somewhat intrusive you know to to um be forced to to take part in this communal kind of thing instead of take responsibility for yourself yeah i mean we do live in communities with each other that's that's just part of it right right so 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 i think that i think that there's all all the three have to kind of work together if you don't have individuation then you're going to become a syncophantic, you know, a uh, cult cult member. Right. Even if even if your group is 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 very virtuous or a good group, you know, I've seen people in very good groups become syncophantic cult like devotees. You know, they could be syncophantic cult like devotees to anything, not not just a guru, but they could could be to, a, you know, I don't know, it could be to to. A, to 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 Hegel and, and Lacan, if I could be provocative. No, but I think the the most important point is that you know we we uh, we have um, you you can't distribute hierarchy. That's what I want to say. It's like you have to you you have to find your position in the in the pyramid of things, you know. Yeah. And and so, which makes you feel better because you know there are people that are, you know. You know you don't have to be envious of people because they're smarter and better than you know, better looking and, and younger and, and than you are because there's always people who are older and uglier and stupider than you are. So yeah, where there's always you're always there's always something above and something below. Yeah, and, it, and there should be something above and something below because if there wasn't something above, then you wouldn't aspi aspire to anything. And if there wasn't something uh, 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 below, then then you know you'd feel like the emperor of the world and exactly and that would you know you become an egomaniac if i would have a sound effect board i would i would shoot my mk47 now and so yeah so we're shooting the mk47 <laughs> we can we could do that we could find somebody to help us and help us shoot so we're shooting down the 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 uh, the, the, so next, the next as the song of tink tink yeah. han originally said that and I think there's something actually interesting in that, but I don't think it's, I, I think it's a half truth. Yeah, it's with all these, I think the correct word is calcified, not uh, crustified. You know, it's with all these calcified ideas that, yeah, no, there is some truth to it, but when they get blown out of proportion, you know, and used as a general thing, uh, where they initially wanted to point to some specific aspect, I think that's the interesting aspect yeah. here. It's the okay, same. So, with the, hmm? uh, so what, anyway, you were going to finish your your. 
No, no, I, I was like the same thing. I've, I've read this again and again and again, that postmodernism is about deconstruction, right? Okay, and that's, uh, that's, um, that's untrue. Why? No, because it's the same thing as to say uh, the movie Interstellar is, is about water. Yeah, there is a scene where water comes in and plays a role when they're on this planet, but this is not what postmodernism is about. Postmodernism, yeah, postmodernism about thousand things. Postmodernism is about women's and civil rights and global thinking and mm -hmm. thinking in systems and ecosystems and interpassivity and autopoiesis yeah. and, and and all of this. And it's yeah. it's um, something that is not just deconstruction. There's a whole uh, constructive aspect to it because we grew so much i mean like, like globalist thinking and civil rights alone did so much and feminism that did so much for our culture just to say it's deconstruction that doesn't that doesn't cut it yeah you know? yeah i mean that's right and that it is the that is the straw man of let's say the the right these days jordan peterson etc it's like marxism and postmodernism and i think there are elements of postmodernism which are highly deconstructive and you know dangerous and, and, and same as marxism I, I i'm personally not fond of marxism but but there are there are also aspects of it which are sort of you know part of the landscape and part of where we're going and where we've been and um, um you, you you there's a tendency to demonize them and create a a new satan out of them or something yeah but it's not only a strawman of the right it's also a strawman of every post postmodern philosophy you hear that from the integralist to the metamodernist all the time that's you know that's postmodernism is about deconstruction but it is not you know there's so much going on there but but if you can't and that's my whole point if you can't cherish and value what postmodernism has really to offer then you can't really understand what integral and metamodernism are about mm -hmm. you know so it's like if you if you and I, I think it comes from wilbur because he wrote so many books where he just you know had like one paragraph where he tried to explain what green or yellow or, or orange are about and then you have then you have like this highly uh, abstract and you know description of these stages and then you reduce it even more to well that's that's about deconstruction no it is not you know, and mm -hmm. and furthermore, it's like, and and this is also very important for me to say. It's like we treat these concepts as if they're, you know, true things. But academically speaking, there's not even a consensus what postmodernism is, or if if there's even such a thing. If so, it's is it like, an amoeba word? Yeah, it's like it's like you can't even say. Uh, if it's part and and the tail end of modernity, or if it's like like an antithesis which has no characteristics of modernity at all, or if it does exist or what it exists. So it's like there's no consensus. And just because we're using these kinds of de developmental models, that's just a tiny subset of people that using that model that, that doesn't account for, well, is, is postmodernism a thing or not? So it's, it's a description, right? It's, mm -hmm. So it's an amoeba word, what you say, that we can use and stretch and apply but we can't confuse the map and the territory in, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it applies to sort of French thinkers, 
you know, and a few American think philosophers from the 50s and 60s, right? You know, Foucault, Derrida, etc. That's what we, or, or, um, that's what we, that's just a bunch of thinkers, but all the, these thinkers had somewhat different ideas. I, I, I suppose there's commonalities between them, but I know, I don't use the word postmodernist too much because it seems to me an absurdity because there is no postmodern. There's only modern, right? <laughs> you know, what could be after modern? There's, I guess it would be post time, right? A sort of timeless. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's like it's always good to look back into into uh, into the history and and Arnold Toynbee, this uh, writer and Toynbee, and, yeah, right, yeah, mm -hmm. and so he coined the term postmodernism as a state of uh, stage of you know globalist thinking in global terms, which made mm -hmm. sense at mm -hmm. that time because we right, were like right, engulfed right. in national thinking uh, and and thinking in states, and then you know we got. We became global, you know, the global village, you know, spaceship Earth, and all of these kinds of things. And so that it makes sense as a as an you know extension of modernist thinking. But you can find basically all the virtues of postmodernism, and I'm, I mean the virtues. You can find them as seeds in modernity. That's why we are saying postmodernity, right? It's but, a one word. It's not postmodern. It's postmodern, like one word. So it's part yeah. of modern, just like pre-modern yeah. is part of modern too, right? Because it's, I guess modern, but modern is just now. It's a funny thing because modernism was is is usually ascribed to a time in the past, <laughs> right. which is kind of weird, because modern it's always modern, it's always now. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, modernism, classically speaking, uh, is about you know industrialism and yes. capitalism and and yes, nation state yes, yes, thinking yes, yes. and the scientific method and all of these kinds yes, of things yes, yes, yes. Uh, and liberalism and whatnot um but uh, again it's like where do these two concepts kind of intersect and where do they uh, uh you know where are they apart and so who is about to judge that you know, yeah. because you have you have a deconstructive element when you go with Lyotard and the deconstruction of the of the grand narratives, but that's just one aspect. And so, sure. who is who is God enough to really look at the whole globe and say that's modern and that's postmodern? It's just it's just sensibilities. It's just a feeling of different people that are kind of coming together. Mm -hmm. But just to say it's about deconstruction, that's just that's just plain plain stupid. Got it. Okay. Well, yes. Uh, so I think you've done a good job of deconstructing the neologism uh, that postmodernism is deconstruction. Yeah. But but one thought I had was it's interesting how we ha in our minds we ha we create platonic models for things, right? And we we get fixated on them. Yeah. Whereas whereas I, I think what I think we do have to deconstruct our, our 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 platonic models all the time so they don't become reified. Exactly. You know, in other words, so we always have to be, we always, if we have a model for something, right, we have some kind of model for something, we always have to be, we always have to make, say that this is not the truth. Like, this is just a model. Uh, this is not the truth. This is one model that you could use as a lens, as a map for reality, but it's not the truth. Whereas, again, this people think that the model is the truth, and then they become fundamentalist and dogmatic and annoying about it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Um, two things that come to mind. First thing is, this is what I meant when I said, 
it's the seed that's already in modernity because um, we call it now deconstruction, but this is basically just the, the seed of it. It's the scientific method. You you deconstruct what you know. You mm -hmm. try to create better models, and so it's already embedded in you know modernity and 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 the scientific method. And now it's turning against itself. Yes, that's true, but it has always done that. That's the one thing. And then you have, of course, you know Wilbur's notion of don't confuse map and and territory and. And that's the thing that I have issues with when we're talking about the meaning crisis or the time between worlds. Because, yes, it points to something, but it's still, it's still just a model. It's it's still it's not it's it's a it's a map. It's not the territory. But if we treat it as if it's the territory, then we act as if the world is like that, as if the world is in meaning crisis. Well, can we say anything about the world then? I'm, uh, this sure. is what, when you're saying that, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yes, but what can we say about the world that we're in in this time? Can we say that, you know, we're, we're going through a particular stage of, of zombie culture, you know, because, which where people are lacking, you know, because they're lacking a, a sort of, uh, they're lacking what uh, O.G. Rose called givens, you yeah. know, they're lacking this under you know and so they they feel lost and 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 they don't and 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 homeless in 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 some sense more than another time so it's a question of intensity rather than a question of of just like this is the meaning crisis that we're that there is sort of we are in this kind of like crunch um where all kinds of meanings are sort of dissolving and then new meanings are not being created are not created yet and that, that we're feeling like that a, a kind of intense uh you know this intense crunch or toxicity but isn't that the story that you are telling that's my whole point well it is a story i'm telling yeah but it but i, I think it corresponds to something i'm seeing i'm not saying it's the absolute truth but it's what are you no but that's exactly what are you seeing are you seeing people that tell the story but because you can't look what people are telling or doing you could you could go to facts you know you could go to levels of depression and suicide among young people who are look at TikTok. right but there's they, a long there's, way from they don't have mean they sense they might have had in the past probably if if you were in christian europe everybody believes in christianity so they don't have a meaning crisis they might have a, 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 a the black plague or something right but no but you know what i'm saying they yeah, they 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 might have exactly. they might have more they might only live to 30 but but they have something different than a meaning crisis if they all yes. believe in jesus and and the, you know but again if we take that's my whole point if we take postmodernism as, as something valuable, as something that there is, then we have to acknowledge the fact that that between a fact or two facts and the story that we're telling, that's a long way to go. And there's a long way of uh, seeing, okay, there are paradigms that kind of determine how we frame certain facts. If we look for certain facts, you know, what are the stories that we're telling? How arbitrary are the stories that we're telling? So, and if we if we treat that as that, so it's like we can't there's there's not necessarily a hundred percent overlap between facts and the story that we are telling and postmodern oh, postmodern no. urges us to be very conscious about th there's a disconnect there right Absolutely. and especially if you if you're going into more performatist or meta modern stances sure i get that we have to pretend that some things are true although we know 
truth has been deconstructed and the grand narratives have been deconstructed. We have to act with the world, you know, and pretend that, that there is a meaning crisis, although we know our models are highly skewed, you know. Um, I get that. But to treat the world as such, then you're in the modernist mind frame. You haven't even begun to understand that you're telling a story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. That's what I mean. Why are it's, you in the modernist framework? I mean, there's the, 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 the idea the of Maya, the idea of illusion is, is pretty old. Because the, the modernist mind frame treats the own uh, uh, conceptions of the world you know, their own perceptions as truth facts and as like objective facts. And the whole point of postmodernity was saying, oh, no, 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 we're, we're talking about our stories, about, about our construction of the world. The, the but, that's, the, hmm? but that's also the point of, of, you know, Advaita philosophy, which dates, you know, before Christ. What is well, that there that, that 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 there is no substantial reality that you can point up and saying that this is is a concrete yeah, but I'm not truth. I'm, no, I'm I'm not saying there is no reality. I'm saying I'm trying to emulate the the postmodern stance that there is a disconnect between real life facts which are there and the long way you have to go to to, to create a story about those facts. Mm. And those two things are two different things. And we are all, it's not, I mean, we're always engulfed in storytelling, right? But you have yeah. to be aware that it's a story and to, to tell the story that, you know, there's a meaning crisis or that we are in a time between worlds. It's kind of true, but it's at the same time, it's not. It's a story. Well, how, isn't it just true? I mean, isn't our life a story? Isn't narrative how we see the world? Like, what's the difference between... I mean, I, we're made of stories. We're made of narrative, you know. I mean, you can take like we're made. Of, that's how we see the world. That is truth. I mean, narrative what? is truth. Like this, I think this is one of. Um, it's what Jordan Peterson always says that we don't live in facts. We live in narrative, which is a kind of a postmodern position. Which is funny how why he does he's he's so anti postmodern, whereas he's putting forward a a sort of a postmodern position that. That the, it's just the narrative, yeah. Or the narrative is everything. No, no, I'm completely agree. We are engulfed and embedded in storytelling. You know, that's the only way how we can make sense. But that's exactly the point. It's arbitrary to a certain degree, and it's it's we create we are map map makers. But the map mm. is not the territory. Mm. That's all okay. I'm saying. Okay. You know, and and sometimes it helps to orient ourselves with you know, uh, descriptions like this, because, yeah, there is a climate crisis, there is a meta crisis, but still, it's just a story that we're telling ourselves. Although the facts do seem to point to this, and so you oscillate between, you know, the, um, the, the fact that there is some sincerity in that, but it's also, you have to treat that, you know, with a kind of grain of salt. Because it's just a story. That's all that I'm saying. And that's basically the metamodern or performatist kind of approach because we don't have absolute truth anymore because metamodernism can only exist because of postmodernism, because it's a reaction. Mm -hmm. But postmodernism says there is no truth. We can deconstruct that. There are mm -hmm. no grand narratives anymore because it's just narrative. But doesn't metamodernism say there are 
there is no truth and yet there's truth too like kind of thing like yeah that's that's the beauty that's, of that, it that's that's uh so i so I, I don't know i'm trying to there's maybe there's relative truths and there's absolute truth and we can't really know absolute truth so we we, we live in the world of relative truth that's called two truths in buddhism i don't know if that makes any sense sure hmm Okay, so what else do you want to destroy? No, but I mean, like again, let, oh, let's let's let's, okay. let's stay let's stay on that on that path because I think the beauty of you know something like like metamodernism that it points to the fact that we have to develop a kind of cognitive complexity to hold both things in your hands as well. We have to treat it seriously, but then we have to also you know have to be playful with this and. We know that there are no grand narratives because they have been deconstructed, but we can act as if there are grand narratives that we can use to orient ourselves on. My issue with metamodernism is that it's treated like not, not playful enough because it has to fall under its own categories. It has to be like treated as something sincere, but also something which is completely arbitrary and and you know as something you have to engage with playfully hmm. you know and it's well, it's not it's not a modernist kind of fixed structure that it's it's something else and you know well my kind of hesitation here is that is that such a great discovery of postmodernism because if you look at nargajwana or something in the 12th century he's talking about he's talking he deconstructs everything you know in a sense uh, that all the certainties we have are, are just mere appearances or i mean i i i wonder i i wonder if we're looking at this in too linear a fashion like okay first there is pre-modernity then there is modernity and then there's post-modernity and now there's you know meta-modernity integral but actually all of these things are existing in kind of in, in a more sort of uh, you know, exists at the same time, <laughs> somehow, and, and and you can find you can find all the ideas of of of, of postmodernism before you ever before Foucault was even born, or or. I completely agree. Yes. So so uh, you can find it all, in, and you can you can find almost everything in the in the you know in the Bible, for example. Benito was talking about how people write. She was writing these like ten thousand page. Uh, philosophical essay to explain why you know uh, the lilies in the field do not toil, or you know some phrase in the Bi in the Bible. <laughs> it's yeah. already there. Everything's already there, right? Right. That's, so, so there's a, so there's a, we have to get it. We're to get. We have to be careful of this kind of linear thinking that we're kind of developing because things get better or worse, but the world just remains kind of the same, right? The human realm is 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 a terrible and interesting place it's beautiful and awful and it, it's always will be like that and it always has been like that and there, there were, i don't think i don't i think whatever sort of when you get on a linear path you sort of you're, you're thinking to in a utopian fashion yeah absolutely and so i think like two things come to mind first that what you're saying is basically the main critique of gibsarian thinking you know of the of the integral and and metamodern movement that it's too linear and that is mm -hmm. itself a modernist kind of way of thinking about all the things because gapser would be like more frame it more like everything is here all at once all the time you know and we are engaging in, and so linearity in itself is 
is kind of a, in a trap that you can fall in. That's the one thing. And the other thing is like, sure, that's that's the old joke of of spiritual masters that, you know, for example, that psychology is still uh, trying to, uh, you know, try to work out the truth that, you know, spiritual traditions have formulated centuries ago. You know, and so culturally mm. speaking, we are we're moving in that direction of uh, higher complexity and higher awareness and construction awareness and all of these yeah. things that the that the masters two thousand years ago already pro- proclaimed. Because after all, it's just the human psyche we're talking about. You know, it's like the principles stay the same, even yeah. if the cultural codes are kind of changing. Or they're just elaborations on those principles, right? Uh, in, in a sense, they're just more elaborations on the same principles, like. Like it's like in a sense. I mean, I I wonder what what can be. There'll be new elaborations of the old, but there's no new elaborations without the old. It's like there. It's like uh, there has to be. We were talking about this also in our discussion. Um, uh, the, there has the limit is the orthodoxy, right? So so in order for there to be innovation, radical innovation, for uh, there has to be orthodoxy, right? Yeah. Which is why that even though we're moving forward in a sense and creating new technology, we keep going back at the same time. You know, the Zen arrow points two ways. We we keep returning, uh, and, and also you know all the old religions keep kind of re- reappearing, and and people start go back to them at, at the same time as they're moving forward. So I think there's a forward and a and a backward movement. Yeah. Simultaneously I, I... forward and backward movement. Yeah, and I, I like what you said about relative and and absolute truths because there are some absolute. I I don't know if uh, if if that's w- what what you meant, but it's like when when I compare, I, I can easily compare like metamodernism and the works of Robert Anton Wilson because like Robert Anton Wilson, the guy, the friend of of Tim Leary, he has like this this great thing where he says, well, all things are true at one time and not true at the other time, and true and not true at the same time and uh, uh, never true nor not true at all times, right? Mm-hmm. So you have like this, okay, that's, that's uh, if you think about it, that's such a weird statement, right? But I, again, it's like at its core, I think that is what, you know, some form of spiritual enlightenment, but also what, you know, metamodernism is about because you have to hold all these, you know, variables in your own hand and try to, you know, juggle with them and, and and so, in a sense, treat metamodernism exactly like this. This is true at, at some times, and it's not true at other times. You know, and and to have the cognitive complexity to get not to not fall into the abyss of 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 all of this. Yeah. Well, it's just that there's a tendency in human beings to make everything uh, some sort of religious dogma. You know, the most simple things, even a marriage, or you know. Or, or a club you belong to, or whatever, whatever, whatever you, whatever you like, you want to reify it and make it a truth and make it a make it a dogma and make it a you know your thing and so so yeah, it's like uh, it's so obvious it's like you know the the fall of of, of Christianity and the fall of the, the the great narratives you know in the West it makes people you know then suddenly people are obsessed 
with with Star Wars and and heavy metal music and you know yeah. all the mythopoetics that are lacking that that they don't have because they have to replace it with with an, you know something else so so this kind of religious urge this this uh, you know religiosity do doesn't go away um it, it can't go away because it's who we are the only way we can you know we can try to sort of do away with it or yeah. refine it or make it you know make it more intelligent uh but but we but we can't do away with it yeah i think yeah and, and our perception of the world is good anyhow i mean it's like again coming back to this kind of sense of you know the meaning crisis when it's like if you look at 1914 1918 you know the first world war was just over you know mm -hmm. there was a uh, there was a plague the spanish flu that killed so many young people you know there was like the world economic crisis one year later and so that was it, it, Hemingway called that the lost generation and so yeah. all of the meaning that was there before the second the first world war and that kind of delivered people a sense of meaning and purpose that was all gone and and that was a meaning crisis yeah absolutely that, is, that was a that meaning was crisis. what we are experiencing now is like okay it's like maybe we can compare that i don't know if we can but i mean to to, to pretend that that is something new that is to me absurd because it no it's shows that new. it's like uh th th is anybody saying that that's something new i mean there's there's various meaning crises that punctuate no, well, society well that's when, the sentiment when the society no, no, falls apart meaning crisis and blah 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 no it's like um human beings always have you know crises of some sort yeah. you know and and well, i would say hmm? maybe the question is is it like what people are talking about and i don't know is is if, if it's if it's sort of you know there's an apocalyptic feeling to it right it's like okay you know we destroy all the species we 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 poison the oceans you know we 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 uh you know we there's a there's a there's a sense of like uh uh before it's like in world war ii and, and world war one you could have a war a world war you know but but you can't actually destroy the planet you know maybe that's somewhat different since we have hydrogen bombs and and even the pandemic was kind of a it was a mini pandemic really but but it was but it was it was global so i mean you talk about, i think i, I think there is a about... sense there is a sense right now that the meaning crisis is not local it's global that that's where I, that's where I, that's a little bit different because we're I mean, conne everybody's saying, connected I'm, I'm not saying it's the same but I'm world saying, war one was not a global you know uh, uh meaning well, crisis. it was a european meaning crisis uh, you know? well by definition it was a world war followed by global spanish flu crisis followed by at least in the west you know a complete... in the west so it wasn't sure. global yet sure but still we have an, a very eurocentric perspective and do you think you know in new delhi uh the families do care about the meaning crisis okay. no they're not Oh, that's you know, that's true. Okay, well, I guess I'm, we're conflating here meaning crisis versus global, you know, existential crisis, the existential risk. Uh, maybe I'm conflating those two. I'm not saying there's no. Listen, it's it's very complicated because I see that there that there is a meta crisis. Let's say you know, like only an idiot would 
deny that. But still, it's like where, like how how do we situate our description of that? It's like historically speaking, psychologically speaking, socially speaking, because it's like um, because the way to doomsday thinking is also very very nearby, right? And so, how mm -hmm. do we keep our uh, our spirits up and 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 act as our best selves to use this you know kind of cliche you know in in, in order to to act properly in the world and and so if we repeat it as a mantra there there's a meaning crisis or there's mm. a time between as if there's this is i i i doubt that it will elicit the best of ourselves and if i look at you know into our society it's like <coughs> no it, it doesn't make the world a better place really what declaring that there's a meaning crisis yeah and and you know it's like it, where where does it help hmm. well if, if 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 something is sick you have to diagnose the illness and then and then figure out a way to get better i don't know if it's i don't know if it's helping i i don't know if 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 john Vareki's analysis is helping um again i'm not talking about john Bevecki. People... i'm talking well, he about kind of, how it's used. he kind of coined I... the term so that's why yes I'm... but i'm not talking about what he's pointing to i'm talking always about the discourse and how the word is used now right so okay so i agree that this word can be co-opted uh in, in in a way to just you know kind of intensify people's depression and their nihilistic gloom <laughs> for sure right. yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and like as a as a hollow zombie word to you know further your own agenda. You know, it's like, but really it's like to understand what's going on, it's like you have to really look deep into to the meaning of 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 these kinds of ideas, you know, and just use them as face value. It's just like it's like the same thing with postmodernism is about deconstruction. Yes, it's partly true, but there's missing so much. So what's missing? First of all, that, it, that the map is the map and the territory is a territory. Mm -hmm, and if okay. we say that the world is in crisis, then we're conflating these two things. Well, the world is in crisis. Obviously. That's our description. Yes. That's but actually, our... I would say that the world is always in crisis. Well, there you go. So, so I'd say that so, there is a perennial aspect to the meaning crisis. It's right. always the case. There's always yes. a meaning crisis. So, what, as soon what, as you what, become interested in the spiritual crap path, you're connecting to holy fuck. Like, what's the purpose of my life? You know, uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna die. Uh, you know, other, you know, the world is fucked, etc. You have a meaning crisis. Yes, it happens in adolescence to everybody. <laughs> yeah, or, yes. or, and and the deeper that is, the more you know, the more you investigate. The, the the more shallow the meaning crisis is the less it, it matters but but so so yes there's a meaning crisis for everybody all the time in every you know in every every person's life right absolutely but there's also a particular there's also the particular quality of the present meaning crisis which has certain uh which has certain you know characteristics absolutely but again you have to be an idiot to see and not to see that the world if it's your personal world or the social world or the culture you know the globe itself there was never one moment of of garden eden absolute peace oh no absolutely there's never a garden of eden there's never a return to the garden of eden yeah i was there's listening never, to somebody talk never about always that. peace you know it's like there's two there's two ways of looking at this like yeah that's i i totally agree 
Um, you know, there's so I, I was listening to somebody talk about they talk about the golden age when Krishna walked the earth. Uh, you know, it wasn't that at all. You know, it can't have been that at all. There was all kinds of you know uh, you know war and you know things going on, just like there is now. It's exactly the same. And my um, argument would be that, and and I think, you know, for for people, let's let's stay with a with an exa- with the example with people living being like 40 years old uh, in the year 1923, right? Or 50 in the year 1933 when the Nazis came up. Better I to be think alive now, yeah. their uh, sense of, of urgency and drama and conflict was similar to what we feel now. Because, you know, it's like, I think these crises are always kind of equivalent to our ability to deal with them. Yeah, you know, because we did this as part of our collective history, we learned, and so it's like to to say that they didn't felt the sense of urgency that we are feeling now. That's it's kind of dishonest because oh, I wouldn't it's say like, that. They no, probably felt I'm, ten times the amount of urgency that we feel now. If you had the Nazis, you know, dragging uh, dragging people away, uh, you know, in your neighborhood, I can't. That's hard to imagine. We were living in like kings. We're kind of like uh, spoiled to death. We're yeah. living in a, a a god realm bubble, basically, right? But um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I, well I agree. Um, I agree. And then this idea of the meaning crisis is kind of like adolescent could be a sort of adolescent, uh, kind of like uh, Morrissey or something whining about his existence. Where, where there's so much, uh, there's a there's so much richness, you know, everywhere that uh that we're we're spoiled brats that's that's probably yeah and again it's like i don't be be you know uh uh you know go to stephen pinker or people like this but i i also feel like talking about straw mans that that um we are kind of ungrateful for for the the point you know for the systems that we kind of developed and in a certain sense we're still living in modernity you know, even if it's post or meta modernity, and mm-hmm, the systems mm-hmm. that we develop, the 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 the, the, the most amazing thing, uh, you know, that I can think of is that democracy in itself is such a it's such an interesting system that it's able to navigate its own flaws. And that's amazing to me. That's you know, historically speaking, that a system, you know, it's like you have nominally a system. Um, in which everybody can vote, yeah. but obviously there are idiots that also can vote, yeah. right? And so, how does a system deal with it? That 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 it creates something and and is enabled to embrace its own flaws. That can that is something that democracy can do. You know, well, it, like I like Gerard's theory. I like Gerard's analysis of democracy. Democracy allows us to kill the king without actually killing the king. Because we vote for we vote for somebody every four years and somebody goes away, right? Exactly. In, in history, what you would do is you would cut off the king's head, right? Uh, and you, you still know. have a you and know. you still have places like that where you know it's probably if if Putin lost one inch of his power, you know he is off with his head. Uh, so so um, so so what democracy allows us to do is kill the king without killing the king. So deal with the scapegoat mechanism. I think that's the right. best analysis. Right, of and so and, and so exactly. And then then you have an, another example is that you know people can have different opinions, 
it's like and it's so strange that everybody is lamenting about the culture war between left and right yeah you know and, and it's like no you, you have it completely wrong that's the strength of the system that people can hash it out and it get might be ugly and it might be weird and strange but in every other system that culturally and historically developed you know that kind of discourse would have been impossible yeah and that you know and so in a weird way democracy is great it's it's amazing what kind of system we created and and probably that will be the best system to go into the future right we don't need a tyrant we don't need you know senators or whatever it's like this is a pretty good system and so you you get what i'm saying it's like sure the world, you know, it's like it's it's not as bad, you know, as as we proclaim it is when we say the systems don't work anymore. They're working pretty well. They yeah, they be... work if they work when you then when they don't bother you. That's when they work. When right. they're not when they're not, not when they're not, you know, you got to pay your taxes, fine. But when they're not banging down your door and telling you how to behave, it's working. <laughs> you know, uh, that, right. you know that, that, I think that's right. I think that's that's good. I I think that's we should definitely be grateful for, for that. Or like let let let's be you know like Trump. So he got elected, then he got thrown out of office. Now he gets thrown into jail. That's an amazing system that that is possible, right? Without mm. basically without any violence, even though it's incredibly corrupt, but everything is incredibly corrupt. Yeah, so but it's, it's still the works. best form of not corruption uh, that there is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like I, I, I don't know where. It's like I, I see that the system can be tweaked and can be better, and sure, you know that will always be the case. Even in five thousand years, we, we, we are living in a complete different society, and there's still th stuff to do. Amazing. So. You know we will develop and that's great yeah yeah i mean i think what you're pointing to is like we should we need to have a very constructive spirit um you know even and not but at the same time we need to have to be i would say we we should not have any illusions about how rotten the whole business is you yeah know, and the work will about, never be complete the world That's will the always point. be samsara, so to speak. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so that we can't that that can't be fixed, but it can be better or worse, right? Um, you know, but 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 that's just that's just reality. So I mean, so if we make it, we if have we to make work it with. the next five thousand years, if we make it, we yeah, and still, we might not make it. Yeah. yeah, but we will still work on issues because that's the world. The world is always in motion, always in complete, always in conflict, always in meaning crisis, and it's just yeah. like we will always, we will always do that. There will be not utopian Star Trek universe where everything is sorted out. That yeah. will never be the case. Well, it's not even sorted out in the, the utopian Star Trek universe. I always find it very funny when you watch a sci-fi thing and, and like they yeah. go to a new world and they find this virgin new world, right? Yeah. And they're they're doing the same shit. As soon as they get to the new world, they do the same shit. They cause war. They have war, conflict, scapegoat mechanism. Everything goes crazy. And, and uh, they're just doing the same shit on a different planet. You know, it's just a projection of who like... Like the first um, Avatar movie, it's like same shit on a different planet. Yeah, um, you know, with with the yeah, I guess there's this noble savage idea, which that's also nonsense, and there never was a noble savage. 
So I mean, I think the the thing with the first two Star Trek season um, series, like the old one and Next Generation, is that you know all the all the internal societal conflict you know of the federation is externalized into other species so mm-hmm. the, the the federation and you know has a pretty clean slate and there's barely any internal conflict and all the conflict is projected onto the you know interaction with different different new you know uh, alien species or whatever yeah but that's no different i mean yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there is no money, and and, and there's no problem with food. Yeah, right? exactly. So there and you stuff go. Like no that. energy there's, problem. There's, yes. There's mm-hmm. no energy issue, or well, these are the problems we're dealing with now. But they they always come up with new problems, like like yeah. even even legal problems. Like there's there's court cases, and somebody is accused of something that they shouldn't do. Or well, yeah. I mean, it, it could be a it could be in the future. The, why not that that some of these problems could be solved? You know, some of these. Like we've solved a lot of hunger in the world. There was a lot of yeah. star- starvation and hunger, and there's a lot less now. Some I mean, problems could be solved. But on, on the other hand, there's more slaves right now than there ever were, which is hilarious. I mean, not hilarious, but absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's hilarious that people are under under such illusion that we live in a utopia, right? Because we still have more slaves than there ever were, even though it's, slavery is mostly illegal everywhere, But but we still have... Uh, you know, slaves, a lot of slaves. Slave you know what hunting. I find hilarious? What? That uh, apparently in, in Asia, there are 160 millions of girls missing because yeah, of... Yeah, uh, so of, funny. Uh, yeah, it's very funny. So you have, you have, you basically because of the one boy uh, policy, you know, you have men that will never get anything any any punani uh, so they become psychopaths of course right okay yeah no they will they will march march towards europe to get the pussy that's you know so there you go yeah just just imagine that imagine do you want do you want to imagine to take away all the pussy in the world what would we do tom (laughs) how would we behave probably pretty badly yeah do you want do you want to imagine a world with no pussy what imagine that yeah isn't pussy uh, a kind of old-fashioned term can we still use that word or, i don't know we can say punani a punani we can't use that word can we it's really terrible no, which one apolo- we have to apologize to all the women out there for our, our vulgarity nobody's listening to this shit. of course <laughs> okay um, but do you want to do one more i have one more one more excellent go so what is I've, it? I've read I've read that in a in a in a, uh, a blog somewhere. Uh, let me get to it. Um, you know that the claim is that meta modern religion needs to integrate religion with oh, science, culture, yes. and art. And I was like, no, it doesn't. And it doesn't become more true like if everybody repeats it. So and because I think religion is religion. Yeah. And science is science and art is art. And yeah. if you talk about, you know, metamodern art, metamodern art doesn't have to integrate spinal sur- surgery or knee surgery because art is art. Why would religion, metamodern religion, need to integrate art? There's no need for that. There's yeah. no need for metamodern spirituality to integrate what science. I mean, maybe, but probably not. Probably it's more. Uh, well, basically, that's not integration. That's imperialism of science 
right? It's like saying yeah. we or spirituality, right? It could be either one, but mostly it's coming from people who are who are brought up in a scientific paradigm and who hate religion. I would say. So they don't like religion, so they want to make religion scientific. In other words, you know, full of empirical data to to support whatever meditation state they're in, or yeah, which is nonsense. It's just nonsense. It just it just can't be measured. Like like these sort of things can't be measured. That's why they are mythopoetic and 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 beautiful and 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 strange and 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 not not rationally. They're rational in the sense that they they work, but they're not rational in the sense that you can you can reduce them to science. Yeah. No, I think there's 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 an, an eternal eternal truth in religion, and, a, and like a, like as a as an approach, like a like, like a, a human endeavor. Let's say yeah. I think like science is a human endeavor, you know, art is a human endeavor, and like yeah. an engagement, a certain engagement with the world, and religion right. or spirituality, true, also, and and I think if if there is something like a meta modern. Uh, uh, religion or spirituality it goes more down to the core of what religion is and it does not co-opt art or science you know because that it's like what is it really what what makes the spiritual or the religion ex religious experience what is that how can mm -hmm. you how can you navigate that how can you bring that into your life more consciously you know without falling to ideological trap into ideolo ideological traps But it does not necessarily integrate art. It doesn't, you know, it's like, why? Or what we call art today, is, which is sort of different than than what, what was considered to be art, you know, in the 12th century, which was a bunch of frescoes, you know. <clears throat> the artists didn't even sign their name and they were completely involved in, in religion. But, uh, uh, but, it, but what we call art today is something, <clears throat> I think, outside of religion, right? Um, on the other hand, you know, this is what I was talking again, we were, I was discussing this with Bonita and David the other night, and uh, he was talking about limits and orthodoxy and I was thinking about, I, you know, I loved writing songs, you know, as a, as a 20 year old and I wrote a lot of songs and the songwriters I like, were all very radical in some sense, you know, they were doing something new. And yet they were all very orthodox at the same time, like, Like Bob Dylan, you know, knew the Bible inside out. You know, yeah. he was he was a very religious, but yet he was the radical. Uh, he was radical of his time. Uh, the best singer songwriters all had something deep, because uh, some some connection to deep religious mythopoetics. Yeah, that's how they became poets. Otherwise, there's nothing else to sing about than my girlfriend, your girlfriend, uh, how life sucks or life is great. There's just nothing else to sing about. It, it's yeah. just all banal and stupid. You know, the whole, the only way to go beyond the banality and the stupidity is, 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 is to touch into some religious depth, I would say. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be Christianity or, or anything else or, or Buddhism or, or anything, but, but it has, there has to, you have to go deep and you have to go old and you have to, you have to get, find sources of inspiration which are not which are not contemporary because contemporary sources are, are are the worst kind of sources and they're only good if they're connected to something older if they're connected to the older lineage that's why i love sound because it has like both it has like the the profane and the sacred you know yeah. in songs like black hole sun 
Yeah, yeah, sure. There you go. It was a yeah, joke. So, yeah, no, no, that's right. No, that's not a joke. That's true. <laughs> Leonard Cohen's the same way, right? He 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 writes an erotic, you know, even pornographic uh, hymn in the yeah. song uh, song Hallelujah. It's it's erotic and 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 carnal, and it's 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 uh, it's biblical and, and spiritual at the same time. That's the yeah. ultimate. Yeah. If you can combine those two things, if you're just in the like, you know, if you're just writing songs about somebody's pussy, then it's not really art, you know, why not? But if that's I think I said that in another uh, somewhere, some uh, in some song, Jim Morrison said that you only find wisdom in a hole. And I find that super interesting because it is both again. Yeah, it's both. Yeah. Or, you know, um, I guess you could find wisdom in a shaft as well. So we want to equalize things here <laughs> in a tower. No, I don't think that's pussy and that, dick. What? No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. I'm being politically correct. I try to be politically no, but... correct. I'm trying to make everyone happy because I don't want to say this word and upset people. And, and you know, no, but to be to be a little, you know, it's like I I always have like this. Uh, um, uh, idea of Luman in my in the back of my head, you know, that that just different systems in society, you know, you know, societal systems that work under different codes and with different uh, stra uh, uh, communicative strategies. And, you know, you have you have the, the system of science, you have the system of love, you have the system of religion, you have the system of economics and all of these different systems work differently but together to create society as a whole and so that's like the sociological systems theory basically and so mm -hmm. it's like if i'm if i if i have a religious conversation like with you right now then i'm part of the religious system of of culture but if we if we talk about you know uh, uh economics then i'm part of a different system and I, I have to use a different coding and a different language, basically. And mm -hmm, so, sure. uh, mm -hmm. and so, I, I think if we engage in in meta modern spirituality or like in every form of spirituality, we will never basically leave that kind of subsystem of society. And it doesn't really make sense to mix, you know, the systems of art or science with religion it's just it just it just but is there any such thing as metamodern spirituality is is there such a thing no. as that well what, i mean what is that what i mean no give me but, a break no i think <laughs> sorry that, i want i want to really like what no. is that what is that people doing meditation apps with sam harris or what is that no what i i i can't speak for others but how i personally uh, uh frame it is that there was first there was you know let, let's say like an archaic kind of shamanism that developed into form of religions. Mm -hmm. And then what happened in the last century was that, you know, there was a disconnect between certain practices and certain ideologies and new age spirituality like came to be a thing so that you don't have to be a Buddhist, but you can practice uh, 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 Buddhist meditation or you don't have to be a, a Hindu but you can do bhakti yoga or whatnot and you can cherry pick from the ideologies of what you want mm -hmm. to create your own personal worldview that is typical postmodern spirituality and basically. that mostly sucks right and that mostly sucks and so what happens is a reaction with you know every kind of post postmodern uh intend to create a new form of, of spirituality is like okay how can we 
we embed that in a more useful and a more oh I see okay so way and and so there, there are different opinions of how you do it right yeah. and so but I think you would go astray if you say we have to integrate science and art like I don't think we have no I, I I think it's like it's more to the you know what 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 do you so my my personal approach is like okay it's about let's say it's about at least in part about transcendence right yeah you know the religious experience to to experience the sacred okay so how do you do that how what does your mind do if you what how can you produce ecstasy and transcendence what do you do and I think that's still unclear. And I think like every post-postmodern spirituality tries to find out how how you can... Um, but isn't that a scientific approach like that you're talking oh, it's about? Highly how, do you, how do you do it? Oh, what's... So you do... You, you sit in... No, because like if you meditate for 20 you... years, you find out how you do. Mm -hmm. Then you, at some point, you can create ecstasy and you know what, uh, like what kind of instruments in your mind you have to put in a certain uh position in order to create the environment to create you know transcendence and emergence right and to, to what's new about that like what's meta modern about that no i think because like because it's new in the sense that a postmodern spiritual approach is not able to to deal with that kind of complexity because it cherry picks just what it sees outside uh -huh. okay but to really be able to uh to create transcendence on a whim you know that's something else and i think it goes in that direction that we create the the knowledge and the awareness of when and how transcendence and emergence actually works in our minds and our feelings right mm -hmm. that would be my guess i don't know but you know well, it's, well how i would see it is that today we live in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of a, a world where we're we have access to everything you know, right. every religious technique, you know, every all religious imageries, whereas before religions used to be sort of separate, right? So right. what do we do now? What do we do now? So how do you become, how do you be a Buddhist or a Christian or a, or a, or a, or a Hindu with that, that context? You can't be a pure anything. Anyway, also, you could never be a pure anything in the past either because there was always different streams, you know, of wisdom from different places, you know, creating whatever you would call Hinduism, which didn't even exist, you know, in the times there was no Hinduism, it's just the people that lived on this side of the river versus the people that lived on that side of the river. So, um, so, 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 so I guess that the collapse of the grand narratives is the collapse of, okay, there is this thing called the Buddhist. That's what a Buddhist is. He does this, 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 this. And, um, whereas, You're right. whereas maybe that's sort of collapsed, but at the same time, I think you have to go back to some sort of orthodoxy. If you're going to, practice buddhism which i do you you know the four noble truths the blah 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 you know all those things you have to work within a, a system that that's, that's already established and then you can become a somewhat innovative if you throw away the system you're a little lost well so what are you doing you're showing your true colors as an orthodox buddhist now what yeah some orthodoxy it doesn't mean <laughs> it's like if you if you're working within a, a you know a, if you're a if you're working within an Advaita system, you need to work within that system. You need to choose one. Otherwise, you're just lost. You're just picking. You're still in the postmodern stage. You're not. You're not. You're not working within any, any particular system. So you're lost because you're just you picking what? whatever you like. I know. You can't I do think, that. It doesn't work. 
I know. It's like I, I think it doesn't work to make a pastiche of all kinds of uh, religious te te technologies and put them together because every then everybody just has their religion of one, and that's an absurdity. Right. But I think the truth lies somewhat in between, you know, because I think you're completely right when you say you need you need an orthodoxy in the sense to learn the techniques and whatever, and you know to to have a, a, a foundation, let's yeah. say. Yeah. But at the same time, and maybe I'm I'm stretching Hegel or the you know the developmental theorists a little bit by saying that we are increasingly over the centuries becoming more aware of you know how our cognitive apparatus kind of works, you know. So it's like I you know it's like every every fifteen year old knows what this Descartes meant by I I think therefore I am. But back mm -hmm. in the day, it was like a you know, a big civilatory, you know, re revelation and the individuation and the idea that, you know, the, the invention of individuality and all of this. And so we're becoming more aware. And I think what happens is that we can use these kind of traditional models um, to, you know, to, to, uh, to use it to become more aware of how our cognitive apparatus actually works, you know, so that we can, you know, create again transcendence and emergence and all of these peak yeah. states more on a more on a whim you know not whim but you know more spontaneously that we that we know about the the psychological conditions that have to be uh, that we can create them because we know that they have to be met to create transcendence that's what i'm saying so that we more that we know the the uh, machinery of the mind better do we no i think that's what is happening I think we're, we're we're smarter in some ways and quite stupid or in other ways, but <clears throat> sure. but I would say that I, I I would say that I when I say that we need some sort of orthodoxy, I say you need some orthodoxy in order to become innovative, extremely innovative. We can still be extremely innovative within religious practices and traditions, and but that requires somebody who's gone through the orthodoxy. It's like same thing as saying you need sutra to have tantra. You need a basis to have a, you know. You need roots and something to have a to get the yeah fruit. yeah but that's what I mean you have if you look yeah. if you take it out of context you know and you know just that it's not so contentious so you look at the history of of let's say Pablo Picasso he started out as a classical painter and he was really good you know yeah, so he course. was like a so he 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 knew how to paint like 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 the classical painters and from that on he developed. Uh, not only his own own style, but the freedom, because he knew what painting is and how you do it, and so to to create the freedom to, you know, create peak yeah, states. Exactly, exactly correct. So he he so he 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 learned the, the tradition so he could dis discard it to a certain extent and do something in a, in a, in a free. But I think you have to do that first. So. You know, it's like I th these people today think they could just start with Hegel or something like yeah. that, right? Uh, but without knowing the Bible or whatever, it's like you start with something, and then I think you have to go back as far as possible uh, yeah. and, and start with that, and then you will have the most innovative r results. Which is why Bob Dylan wrote such great songs because he he knew the the entire tradition, you know, in a very orthodox way, and then he could destroy it completely. Yeah. You know, Cezanne like the with, same. Cezanne was, he put all his, his classical paintings in a barn, burned them all. And then yeah. he developed this a perspectival kind of painting where, you know, without 
or you could see we could see the Mount Montsic Victoire from 50 different perspectives and and you know so so that so but the whole process has to be there has to you have to have a holistic process on some level you can't you can't start at the end and then try to go anywhere because you won't go anywhere right. you just you just get to get to Taylor Swift and that will be the end right oh let's You'll start uh, at Taylor know. Swift and end at Taylor Swift <laughs> you won't get any further that's like fucking that's what it is you have to put you know you have to you have to learn that you put the thing in the thing right you gotta put the thing in the thing if you don't put the thing in the thing nothing's gonna happen you're just jerking off to yourself you so, gotta put the thing in something another thing not yeah. your own thing it can't be just your thing it has to be somebody else you have to yeah you have to put the thing else. in the thing so you have to dance with the tradition you have to yeah and then you, you you do it very badly at first of you course know? you're really terrible at it at first you're like what am i doing oh my god and yes and then and then you're fumbling around you can't even take off the bra strap then, like, then you understand that you know there's a thing like a called total douchebag body energy and all of this yeah and then and you then learn the after, body energy and you learn special 20, techniques 20, techniques <laughs> and then you can fuck like sting for hours on end and then you and then finally when you understand it then you're old enough to die that's what happened yeah just when you get good at it then, <laughs> then, then you expire yeah it's one of the it. other ironies you got, you got in sorted life, out yeah. exactly yeah mm -hmm. it's that's a terrible thing isn't it tom in our 20s we had you, you have all this energy and Yes. You know, you, now you're older. You learn to preserve it or something. But but imagine if we had what the knowledge we had now, and we were back in our twenties. What we could do with all that energy? Yeah. But that's not life. It just. Chris Chris Ryan said one of the most funny things ever. So he was talking about exactly that phenomenon. He says like, but in terms of you know dating and the game between men and and females, males and females, and all of this. And so he says, you know, we spend our life you know, trying to understand the dynamic, you know, but when we get there, we have no testosterone, no life left more to really use that knowledge. It's like, then life is over. And this is like, we're like broken of, old men. Yeah. 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 Because it's like, that's it. So we're like, we're struggling, but we can't use that knowledge really. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the drama of, of, of the life. And I, I mean, it's like kind of tongue in cheek, but it's still it, it it has some truth to it yeah i always look at 20 year olds and i go you're so beautiful you're so perfect you have so much going for you and yet you're so empty you don't know shit just wait what wait for what's coming <laughs> <laughs> another somebody else said you know it's like you line up all your past girlfriends yeah. and you see a timeline of your neurosis <laughs> 